Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Thursday. It's the 30th of June. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Governor Kim Reynolds says she won't call a special legislative session on abortion while she pursues court action to restrict abortion. IPR's Katerina Sestarek has the details. Reynolds and other Republican leaders are asking the courts to reinstate a ban on most abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy. And they're asking the Iowa Supreme Court to reconsider a recent decision and open the door even wider for lawmakers to restrict abortion. Reynolds was asked what her ultimate goal is for abortion policy in Iowa. Well, you know, we have a, we have the heartbeat bill on the books. And so let's lift the injunction and let's let's make that, you know, a law uh, that, it, that it is. And so we're going to start with that. We're going to ask the Supreme Court to rehear the case, and we're also going to ask the district court to lift the injunction, and uh, we'll take it from there. She says, quote, right now it wouldn't do any good to call a special session. Abortion is still legal in Iowa up to 20 weeks of pregnancy. At this same press conference yesterday, Governor Reynolds said she's not paying any attention to congressional hearings about the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. A former White House staffer testified on Tuesday that former President Donald Trump was told his supporters had weapons and still asked them to march to the Capitol and that he was trying to go to the Capitol himself. Reynolds was asked if that changes her support for Trump. You know, listen, I'm not going to, that's all speculation. I'm not paying any attention to that. We have gas prices that are double what they were. Inflation is at a 41-year high. Parents are trying to get through a day and hope that their paycheck can help them take care of their family and buy the necessity, the items that they need. We don't even have formula for, for moms to feed their babies. We're flying that in from other countries. Reynolds, a Republican, is running for re-election this year and was endorsed by Trump. She's previously appeared with him on stage at campaign rallies. Federal health officials are reporting the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations in Iowa has dropped in the past week. As of yesterday, 162 were hospitalized with the virus. That's down from 184 last week. However, the number of newly reported positive COVID-19 tests has remained steady, with state officials reporting 4,700 new cases in the past seven days. The CDC says four Iowa counties have high community levels. Those are Chickasaw, Floyd, Jackson, and Palo Alto counties. The Sioux County Sheriff's Office will be hosting a National Association of School Resource Officers basic school resource officer training course this summer. Sioux County School Resource Officer Waylon Paloma is part of the Iowa SRO Association, and he looks forward to the training. They have an advanced course. They have an adolescent mental health class. Um, They've got a supervisor one. They offer a ton of school resource officer training the best in the nation. The Sioux Center is considering adding an SRO, and Palima says that's another reason he thought it would be good to have the training in the area. The course is a 40-hour block of instruction designed for law enforcement officers and school safety professionals working with school administrators. And Iowans whose property may be in the path of the proposed Navigator Heartland Gate, or rather Greenway, carbon dioxide pipeline are invited to informational meetings in 12 counties. Those meetings will be in Delaware, Buchanan, Fayette, and Bremer. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports the Iowa Utilities Board on Tuesday approved 12 county meetings August 22nd through September 21st. These meetings are required by law before Navigator may negotiate with landowners about easements to build a 1,300-mile pipeline 
that would transport pressurized CO2 from ethanol plants in Iowa to an underground sequestration site in southern Illinois. The Texas company announced last fall it was planning a pipeline that would pass through 36 counties. The company held informational meetings in these counties but changed part of its route that drops Lynn County from its path. This is Here First. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. There are not any definite numbers about how many farmers belong to the LGBTQ community in the United States, but many are making a point to be visible in their rural communities. IPR's Catherine Wheeler reports. Shay Peshek and Anna Hankins' farm is off a gravel road in Coggin, north of Cedar Rapids. Pens for chickens, ducks, and turkeys are woven through the yard space in between a farmhouse, buildings, and sheds. After a rainy morning, the chickens are coming out of the greenhouse and starting to sunbathe in the yard. Peshek and Hankins are gearing up to do the day's chores. Peshek's life now is one that she didn't exactly envision for herself as a kid. Growing up here on her family's farm, she didn't know any queer people in agriculture. I really didn't feel like that was an option for me. So I thought, oh, for me to be out and have a wife and have like this out relationship or like, you know, to even find and date someone that I needed to move to a city. So that's what I did. I left and I moved away for eight years. But agriculture called her back to Iowa from San Diego. A while after moving back, she met Hankins, who had moved from the East Coast to work on a farm. Together, they started Over the Moon Farm and Flowers in 2019. They're a direct-to-consumer farm with livestock and flowers. Peshek says now she and Hankins are the examples, especially for people who can't or don't want to leave, that you can live in rural Iowa, farm, and be queer. They've done that by making a big effort to be connected in their rural community. We've had a lot of support, honestly, especially from our very local community. Um, there's a lot of people that will tell us like, oh, I showed my my queer relative, you know, your page, and they were really excited to know that you existed. But on top of connecting with the people around you, it can also be difficult to find a queer community in these rural places. Hannah Breckbill knows this struggle well. She's one of the owners of Humble Hands Harvest in Decorah. Breckbill says in 2018, she was lonely out on the farm in northeast Iowa. She wasn't finding people in the area who understood farming and were queer. So a friend encouraged her to build her own community. She started an annual event on the farm called the Queer Farmer Convergence. There's local food, workshops, a fun dance party, and more ways to share skills and bond. The point of it is to see my people and to be seen and understood as as a whole person by the people who share a lot of experiences with me, and then also to be challenged by my people. Breckbill says she wants to use her position as a landowner for justice. Humble Hands is a worker-owned cooperative farm with pigs, lamb, and vegetables. Breckbill and the farmers at Humble Hands Harvest say they're working to reduce barriers to get started in farming. Queer people have had to buck systems that don't work for us. But because of that experience of like bucking those systems, we are good at bucking other systems. 
That's something researchers have noticed about queer farmers. Michaela Hoffelmeyer is a PhD candidate in rural sociology at Penn State University and is based in Winterset. They say not all farmers in the LGBTQ community take a queer approach to farming. But for those that do, it means these farmers are questioning existing systems and structures, like the family farm model. They're actively creating solutions to issues in the food system, such as hunger, um, food insecurity, malnutrition. And they're doing this with less resources. They say anticipated and systemic discrimination can keep queer people out of agriculture. So we're missing out on these solutions. But Hoffelmeyer says it also means we're missing out on more farmers, especially when the industry is asking where the next generation will come from. There are enough people who want to farm. We talk to them every day. They're just not from the same people that people are comfortable with seeing owning and operating farms and capital. Hoffelmeyer says that will mean addressing systemic barriers and discrimination in agriculture that's been hurdled at a broad range of farmers with a wide range of backgrounds, including racial and socioeconomic. Despite these barriers, they say queer farmers like Over the Moon and Humble Hands are finding ways to do good work. I'm Katherine Wheeler, IPR News. Thanks for listening to Here First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters.